0: And this week, my friends, it's all about us. Uh huh. We have decided it's been quite a while since we've had a little catch-up with you. So if you're you're at home or if you're out and about, my suggestion is go and grab yourself a coffee because you're about to sit in the lounge room with the three of us and just have a chat about everything that we've been up to um, over the last couple of months and everything that is of interest and all of the different topics and all the different things that we've been talking about over the last few months, how we've applied that into our own lives. So let's chat. all of us. Let's sit down, let's have
1: a coffee and let's go through what's doing. Who wants to go first? Oh, I'd like to ask a question. So Oh, go first. Our last uh, the last um, interview that we did was with Ariel Garten. And it was all about the muse. And the muse, we, you know, we really questioned her and grilled her, so everyone should have heard that. This That was last week. So um, we've had the opportunity to trial it. Well, Karen has because Cindy, um, and I'll be a Jack here and be a Cindy, um, just didn't quite get around to it. And Kim is travelling. So I want to know what you felt about the muse. And, and you're a regular um, meditator, aren't you, Karen? I am yes 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 I am I I rely very heavily
0: on my meditation to get me through the day. Um. So I fa- I, I took it um, from you, Cindy, and the setup of it is actually super easy. It's the it's probably the easiest of all the gadgets that I've got in my place. It's really really easy to set it up. So it's this the Muse. It's actually Muse two. So it's the second generation of this particular device that they have. And it's, a, it's like a little headband. It's very, very, very light and you actually forget that you're wearing it. And you position the band. It's got a band and then it's got like a, like a clip, or not a clip, but it's got two little hooks, I guess, or two little feet, for want of a better word, that go behind your ears. And so you position it quite firm across the middle of your forehead and then you bring the little feet in behind your ears and that holds it on your head. And this thing measures the vibrational waves that are emitted by your brain. So when the brain is very, very active, the brain waves are quite fast. And when the brain is calm, then the brain waves are slower. So when you put the Muse on, you connect it to an app on your phone. And the app that's on your phone, you can, you've got different... Um, uh, settings, if you like, of meditation sounds. So once you sit down and you meditate, and you might choose the rain, or you might choose um, drum beats, or you might choose um what's another one they've got? Like very light music, orchestral music. Uh, there's another one that's the sound of nature. So there's a handful of different sounds that they have available, and when the brain is really, really active, meaning you're distracted. You're thinking about your shopping list, or you're wondering what the hell you're doing. Then the, the the music or the rainforest sounds get louder, and then when you've calmed your farm, then the music or the rainforest or whatever it is gets much softer. And if you get really really calm, you hear little birds tweeting in the background. And so, wow.
1: um,
0: yeah, it's quite it's quite beautiful. Actually, it's really really beautiful. And at first when I sat down and, you know, did it, it's got instructions on everything. So as soon as you put your earphones in and you choose your meditation, it goes through a whole lot of instructions so you know exactly what you're doing. It's so easy. Mm -hmm. And it tells you the sounds to listen for and it tells you, you it says this is what you'll hear when you're distracted, this is what you'll hear when you're calm, and this is what you'll hear when you're super calm. So you kind of know, it's almost like you kind of know what you're aiming for. And then at the end of your meditation, you get the opportunity. It asks you, do you want to go and journal? And I've just said no at the, each of those. And then it brings up my results. And it tells me how much or what percentage of the meditation was I distracted? What percentage was I calm or in harmony? And what percentage was I really calm? And how many little birds did I hear tweet? And you get points. If you, you know, if you hear one bird tweet, you might get one point. But if you hear 10 birds tweet, you might get you know 500 points. And then it also gives you points based on the amount of time that you've been meditating. So you can set the meditation to um, complete after five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, up to like three hours. You can meditate for as long as you like and you can just set it. So at the end of the meditation, you hear everything go quiet and then there's just a little a little gong sound that signifies that the meditation is over. And then the instructor comes on and says, congratulations, um, you're going to see your results and we'll see you here, you know, next week. And then you've got goals. So you set up your goals before you start. So I said I wanted to meditate um, initially, I said five minutes each day for a week. And then I thought the first time I meditated, five minutes was almost too long. (laughs) Because the first time I used it, I'm not used to having any sound. So when I had the sound, it was profoundly distracting to me and I didn't get any birds tweeting the whole five minutes. And then I thought, this is, this is terrible. <laughs> and then I thought, no, no, you hang in there, do another five minutes but do it with a different sound. So I went to the beating and that's called the heart meditation. So it's a sound that resonates with your heart. And one of the meditations that I do, I think that we've all done um, when we were doing our beautiful retreats, um, when I talked to you guys through the heart-based meditation where you take your awareness and you anchor it inside of your heart and then you listen to the beats of your heart. So I did that for, with my awareness and I found it was beautiful. And when I got to that very, very calm and quiet place, just hearing very soft beating in the background, was amazing. So the next day I set it for 20 minutes and I listened to the breath one and the breath one has got a beautiful orchestral sound in it Um, and it asks you to breathe in for four and then out for six seconds. And so there are this little beat that's in the background that's four beats and then six beats and then four beats, and then six beats. So I haven't quite mastered that without counting the beats because I'm sure you're not supposed to be counting the beats because that's incredibly distracting. Um, so I haven't quite mastered that, but I've used it every every day since I got it from you on Friday, Cindy. And, you know, I... I can definitely see its value. I can see if somebody's never meditated before and they've got this monkey mind that's driving them insane and they're the person who says, I can't meditate, oh, my goodness, this thing is fantastic. Um, And then there are also days when, and I'm a a very experienced meditator, so I'll probably sit for, I can sit for an hour and a half to two hours meditating if I allow myself the time. but for the most part, most of my meditations are around 45 to 50 minutes most days. And if I'm lucky, I might do it twice a day. But for the most part, it's once a day at 45 minutes. And I've found that there are days when my meditation is really clunky. And I'll do a journal after most of my meditations. When I was going back through my journal, I could see in a week, three or four days, I've written very clunky meditation all over the show, couldn't focus, what a, what a wreck, you know, not, sure quite, not quite sure why I do this <laughs> and those are my notes in my journal. So I think for those days something like this is profound. Mm. I will be honest, I worry about the technology during a, mental, during a brain state that is so not here. You know, um, and that does worry me. And I did find that I wouldn't allow myself to go to the depths of my own meditation practice. I didn't allow myself to go there. And I think when I, you know, revisit why, it's because I'm nervous that there's something sending or receiving electrical pulses from my brain and reading that from a technological point of view when my brain is at its most open. Um, I just didn't feel comfortable with that. And for that reason, um, I probably wouldn't use it all the time. I would maybe use it on the days that I'm feeling it's clunky and I can't get anywhere and, you know, I feel like I just want to get the hell up and run a mile because those days absolutely happen. So I would probably use it for those days, but um, that was my only concern with it was just that, Having technology pulsing or reading into my, not pulsing, but reading into my brain mm. um, when my brain is so open.
1: Um, I love how it figures it out. Like, how does it do that? How does it, well, your, brain's
0: an, your brain is an, emitting um, an electromagnetic field and your heart emits <laughs> an electro. <laughs> <laughs> hey?
1: Here's that EMF again.
0: Oh no! It is. It is. I mean, this is native. Yeah. Yes. So your your heart can um, has an electromagnetic field that's five meters, and that's only we only say it's five meters because that's as far as our equipment can measure. And the brain is not quite as far as the heart, so it's putting out a pulse all the time. It's putting out an electromagnetic field or pulse all the time, and this thing has copper. Receivers on it that then send messages via Bluetooth to your phone, so your phone is on Bluetooth and receiving the whole time, while you've got your earphones plugged into the phone, so it's sending, you know, um, EMFs into the in, through your earphones into your brain <laughs> um, the whole time, so. Yeah, that's that's the only thing that makes me nervous. But having said that, we spoke about that yeah. um, with Ariel, and she, you know, was very. Uh, she was able to really put our minds at rest about that in the context of this being very mild um, in its in its Bluetooth capabilities. But I think, um, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I just. I'm probably way off base. I'm probably way wrong about that, but that was just my concern.
1: Well, I remember speaking to her even you know, before we got on um, about this, and I said, "Look, we'll be asking the questions about, you know, the Bluetooth," and she she wrote back and, and basically said it's it's very um, what did she call it low something or another. So I think what you said, Karen, as far as using it as a tool to help you, you know, get into that state when you're, as you call it, doing a clunky meditation. Mm. Yeah, I think that that's good. But we should learn to be in silence and to learn to do that. And, that, and that's just a training tool that you mm. use. Like anything, you've got training tools. And then once you use the training tools enough, you should be able to figure out how to calm the brain down. So, And you know what? That's spot on, Cindy.
0: Mm-hmm. Because you can feel yourself training your brain, you can actually feel it, you know when it's got when the when the rain sound gets louder, you can actually feel yourself or I felt myself saying no, oh. I'm here, breathe <laughs> you know, and then i would I would have my <laughs> little you know calm your farm, no <laughs> mm-hmm. this is where we are. this is what we're doing. We're not doing our shopping right now. Um, (laughs) Mm. And you can feel yourself actually training the brain and the brain relenting. You can actually feel that. You can feel the brain surrender. That's that's very powerful. Sounds amazing. Mm. That part's very powerful. You can actually feel the brain surrender. You can. I mean, you, it, it doesn't have to because you can just have your, your, your mind still run wild with you and then you're just hearing annoying sounds in the background.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: when you hear it getting louder, and, it, and I love the way that she's done that because it does get louder, it forces you to concentrate on what you're hearing mm-hmm. rather than
1: your thoughts. Mm-hmm. But you think mm-hmm. about when rain falls, you know, like you're. Um, we've had a bit of rain in the last week and we've had thunder and lightning storms. And, and you think about it. It does stop you thinking about anything. You go out to look at, oh, my gosh, look at how heavy that rain is, especially if it's loud. You're not thinking about anything else but that rain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, I So I like that. And, and I, I'm a, an African drum lover, so I think I like the African drum. So thank you, Karen, for uh, oh, you. being the guinea pig for us, considering <laughs> we have had it for a week. And <laughs> You're <laughs> hilarious. I was just terrible. I went, right. I'm going to give it to Karen because.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I have a beautiful, amazing expert in meditation from Spain, Augustine, who is designing 16 meditations for each of my oil blends. Oh. So that you can actually have a meditation with each of the blends, which I'm really excited about, especially that it is a very big hello Christmas. He's absolutely gorgeous. And when you hear his Spanish voice, it's just, I don't think it would matter what he said. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> like that French guy that we met in New Zealand. Just say, honey. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> it was from a meditation point of view, I just want to ask a quick question What's your go to? How many minutes a day? I'm about 45, 50.
1: Are you asking me to? Yeah. Well, yeah. well. If I'm all revved up with Joe Dispenza, I'll I'll do the fifteen minutes morning, fifteen minutes night, without fail. But if I haven't been revved up by him for a while, I slowly lose my mojo on meditation. So it uh, takes effort. Huh? It takes effort. It does. It takes effort. Yeah. And You've got and so my favorite thing to do is to get up in the morning and if i'm if i'm awake I, I don't want to put a meditation on i just want to get on my bike and go to the beach so i i've kind of got to look at it that that's what turns you know really gets me going is to is to go there and then when i swim it was so funny the other day <laughs> and everyone laughed at me but the other day i was in such a meditative state because i, I count my breaths i go One, two, three, breathe. One, two. So it's kind of this thing that I do. And then I stop the count and I just concentrate on the breath as I'm breathing in and I'm breathing out. Anyway, I was so into it the other day that I got to. um, We've got rocks up the other end of Malulabar. And I was looking at sand because all we've got is sand until you hit these rocks. And I hit the rocks and I. Scared the hell out of myself. Oh my god! Put <laughs> my head up and went, ah! and then the looked down again and went, oh, "Don't worry, it's just rocks. All good guys." <laughs> <laughs> so I must, you know, that I would say that that's that's my meditation. And my other meditation is hiking for days and days and days and days in in, in places, just walking, just being in nature. Um, I don't know, I just it revives me. So, no, I'm not the one that sits there and um, does my 15 minutes anymore. I, I need a, an injection of Joe Dispenza again so that I get going on it again, but, yeah.
0: You know, the best time to meditate, Cindy, is after you've ex- exercised. Oh. Because the body's natural desire or inclination is to, um, to move and to be active. Which is why you've just been sleeping for so long. Your body's natural inclination is to get active because you've been, you know, horizontal. So, doing your swim, and if you can come back and do and try and do a meditation, even if it is only fifteen minutes, um, that's the best time to do it. Oh, okay. Because mm. the natural inclination of the mind is to be quiet, and the natural inclination of the body is to be active. So that's why when you actually do a meditation. You're moving between active thought and calmness, and active thought and calmness. And that's the, that's the nature of a meditation. So a meditation isn't just full silence all the time. Sometimes it is, but the body will kick us out of that beautiful state of calm. That's what kicks you out. It's not actually the mind running away with you. It's the body creating thought and distraction because it wants to move.
1: It makes such sense. I, actually, that is, and you know what? I often come home, and then you know, you're active when you come home because you're. I'm getting my breakfast ready, I'm getting my mm. lunch ready, I'm getting ready for work. But mm. if I finish my swim and then um, just go down to the beach for fifteen minutes and just sit, because fifteen minutes is nothing, because usually I'm sitting there fifteen minutes and talking to everybody. So I'll just take myself away and do the talking to myself. <laughs> No, that's, that's, that's one way of doing it.
0: <laughs> yeah, look, absolutely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, what about you? What about you and your meditations? How are you going? Me? Yes.
0: Me. I love Dr, Dr. Joe Dispenza in the morning. After I've been for a walk or a run, I love his morning meditation. I, if I've got out of a habit, I get back into his morning and evening one.
1: Yeah.
0: I also really, really enjoy... Um, just sometimes just just sitting there and I know that sounds really bizarre but I honestly get back from a run sometimes and as I'm stretching and Karen you might be able to correct me if I'm wrong here but Mm -hmm. as I'm stretching I'm just going through every part of my body and visualizing each of the muscles as I'm stretching them and I don't know if that's meditation but it feels incredibly relaxing so I really love doing that yeah well I think that Everything that brings a person's awareness into themselves is meditative. Mm. And I don't think that there's a right or a wrong way. The whole purpose of meditation is to, go, is to train the brain to go beyond the physical. And that's really the purpose of the meditation is to go beyond the physical, to experience the metaphysical so that we can see that um, we are more than just what is physical and then build a relationship with all that is beyond physical because we've got a really amazing relationship with that physicality, but we don't have an amazing relationship with all that is beyond the physical. And when you meditate, it calms the mind and the thought to such an extent that we can experience what else is present, that sense of nothingness, that sense of awareness, that sense of um, presence. And... None of that requires the physical body. In fact, when you're actually in that beautiful state of meditation, you lose sensation in your hands and your legs. And, you know, I've been, there's often been times where I'll sit there and I go, what are my hands even doing? I can't feel my hands. And then I force myself to move my hands just to know they haven't fallen off. <laughs> because <been there> <laughs> you, you lose touch with the physicality and you lose touch of the feeling of your bum on the chair or, you know, whatever, wherever you are. So that's that's kind of the nature of it is to to show us that there is more than just our thoughts and our body um, and there's more to life than that or there's more to us than that and it's a way to experience it. So I think whatever takes our awareness from outside to inside um, is in and of itself part of it, you know. I love it when you... When you talk like this, it's such a, it's such a beautiful, it's almost melodic. Um, yeah. And I think we should have your voice in our ears and we, And I love your meditations that you do as well. Mm-hmm. I think you should make it up for a chat meditation, especially for all of us that love following okay. your way of believing and thinking. I think that would be awesome, just
1: putting it out there. Okay. Oh, I'm very excited by that. I think. Oh, we, my goodness. But it's not me, it's you, Karen. <laughs> because <laughs> like it is I like I was doing the same thing as you Kim I'm listening to her and I'm like going I think I'm meditating right now yes like, Oh, <laughs> that's what I was like I like my brain was just calming down and I was just kind of concentrating on what you were saying so I think it's a great idea and I am sure that after this that we will get some messages saying yes please we want one so I think it's a great idea yeah well,
0: if, if, if peeps want it, I shall do it. No problem at all. I don't quite know what you guys are hearing, but I'm happy to go with the flow on that. <laughs> <laughs> You've just got a beautiful way of delivering it. So, so sweetheart girls, what else have you been up to? Give us, give us, our listeners and us all, an update. What have you been doing, Cindy, apart from writing a whole lot of books?
1: Oh, um, well, I did some NLP training with you, which um, was very interesting, I must admit. I, you know, this was an intensive training and we basically, the hours were 10 to 6, but they were never 10 to 6. It was always, we want you to come early, we want you to, you know, do some uh, workshopping with other people and then sometimes we wouldn't leave each other's site until 7.30. Um, so it was it was really full on and I... I know Karen is an absolute master at understanding this, but for me, I had done it years ago when in my 20s with Marvin Oka in Melbourne. And there were a couple of things that I remembered, but I actually found the intensive, uh, exhausting at times, confusing at times, and she kept saying, Let your unconscious take the information in. Stop the conscious taking it in. And I'm thinking, if my conscious brain is not taking this in, it's not going to go in. But I have to admit, by the end of the seven days when we were doing, we were practising on each other, I went, oh, my goodness, I have learnt something. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, what I love, why I did neurolinguistic programming was that a lot of people have limiting beliefs about what they, who they are, and what they can do, and especially my students um, in the Nutrition Academy, and I did it to help them, to try and help them in a way that neurolinguistic programming teaches you to do, um, to help people to create change in their life. Now, whether they're the students or whether they they're people who keep going on a yo-yo diet and they, you know, they have this belief about themselves it doesn't really matter which one it was but I just wanted those tools um, especially for my mastermind group that I'd like to start in 2021 I felt that it's funny when you you don't think you have enough information and enough tools so you you go and you learn to find out how you can help people make those changes and get them to what I want is I want people to get off their butts after they've done my course and change their community, or not necessarily change their community but influence their community. But if they can't get out of their own way, then they can't help other people. So I I also learnt a lot about, um, you know, my own limiting beliefs. While I went there for students and clients, I also learned a lot about we have a lot of our own limiting beliefs and where they come from, uh, which I found really interesting and especially you know, between the ages of zero and seven and before zero um, in, in utero, that we live unconsciously and that our unconscious mind is taking in information and making decisions about that information. So I gave the example of my sister and my brother and I, that we were born in the same household to the same parents. There was no divorce. I don't ever remember my parents arguing. Um, We lived in a nice home. We went to a good school. We lived in a little country town. Uh, And I and my brother saw our life as a fairy tale, our our childhood as a fairy tale, while my sister saw it as a nightmare. So, what were the decisions that were being made about the same things that were happening in our life between the ages of zero and seven that my brother and I made versus what my sister made? Um, and as a result, those decisions dictate, "I believe your life." So I love neurolinguistic programming and how we went back to figure out when did you make that decision about anger or guilt or um, I can't think of any of the other emotions now. Um, so we went through quite a few emotions. Kim, oh, Kim, I can't remember that. Um, but anyway, we went through all these emotions and when did you make that first decision about it? And then um, we, you know, we talked about a macaroni, a, a group of macaronis um, on a string and that you had to get to the back, the last macaroni, or the, oh, sorry, I should say the first macaroni on the string in order for all of them to disappear. So all the times you've been angry and all the times you've been guilty, and all the times you've had uh yeah, all those other emotions, um so yeah that's that's what I've been doing, and kim Kim did it as well, um so Kim, you might like to look we both went to the same thing, we both had the same practitioner. what were you what 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 did you see it as? because I know, as she said to us how many people were in the room? There were uh, 12 of us or 11 of us. And she said there are 11 different conferences going on at the moment at this one moment together because each of you will be siphoning through the information that I'm giving you and taking away what you want to take away from it, not necessarily what the other person is taking away from it, which I found really interesting. Mm. So when we talk, the three of us talk and do a podcast, it's interesting what we could be podcasting to thousands of people, different communications every time. <laughs> that's how I got that, yeah. So, yeah, that's what I got from the new linguistic programming.
0: Mm, I mean, I remember I loved the line. And I know, Karen, you've been doing this for many, many years, um, but I certainly appreciated the line. I think it was uh, the, the study the study of the subjective experience so it's it's our own uh, based on our own uh, circumstances experiences beliefs and and the models and the and the ways in which we've grown up to have those beliefs that creates the lens in which we see the world which is why we all see it so differently and and the other thing I got from that which is probably why I love our podcast and asking questions is that it's it's actually not even about the questions you ask, but the right questions that you ask and how to bring that out of a person um, so that they're speaking it from their way. Um, I also love the fact that she said all language is manipulative, <laughs> that we can manipulate our conversations each and every moment. Um, I love the line, all humans are all traits, which allowed us to look at ourselves that. If ever you think someone else is an idiot, well, just remember that we too have those abilities to be an idiot. And just at the same time, we can be beautiful. Um, Everyone has the ability to be beautiful. And I think the tools and techniques that were taught to us would help us to help anyone overcome anything. After all, it is just a limiting belief, which I kept having, Karen, we kept having you in our ear. Mm -hmm. The whole time we were there, we were going, oh, Karen would say that. Mm Oh, Karen would say it even more she'd, she'd say another angle to that, and um, and I also love the fact that it 's also about understanding how we are manipulated through the things that are said, so advertising, news, uh, conversations from people that we look up to and um, it really made me question my own subjective beliefs, values, and perceptions on on how I listen and look and talk and how I communicate and I think since i 've completed it um, i 've been very mindful of. Of how I speak or what I say, and and appreciating, I think the the the, the way we communicate. Between, I think it was right around seven percent of it is only words. I think it was thirty five percent is physiology, and fifty five percent was tone. If I'm right, um, and I thought that was interesting. So I really. I loved the idea that the practice and power of NLP is that everybody comes out with that sense of a win win in a conversation. It's not a competition or just a, a whole series of subjective beliefs. So I don't know if I've got that right, but it felt it felt like it was just an inquiry into the excellence of the language that we use and I really appreciated that. Yeah, I think it's I think NLP has a has a universal language. And I think that um The beauty of it is that it makes you very aware of what you haven't paid attention to in the past. And I think that it's, um, it really has a very powerful place in, in undoing or, or reconfiguring the way that we see ourselves in the world. And they, you know, that term they use, loosen your grip on your model of the world. You know, you don't have to change it, but just loosen your grip on the, on the belief system that that's true. And I thought, yeah, I think NLP is amazing. I think it's amazing, and I think it's, you know, it's not, it's not um, everything, but it's, it's a long way towards being a huge game changer. I think in, in millions of people's lives. I, I think the more people who can do it, the better. Yes. Are, are you guys going to do the Masters as well? I'd love to do it. I just found myself really driven by understanding more, particularly between the integration of the conscious and the unconscious and understanding how much we live in an unconscious way, yet we think we're consciously doing it. And I think that was the analogy about being consciously conscious and unconsciously conscious, and I really loved all of that. I I found it at times, Kaz, it honestly felt like we were learning a new language. Hmm. And it was at times we felt incredibly clunky when we tried on different ways of communicating to one another. But I loved it when, like Cindy said, the more she said, just, just trust your subconscious to take this in and, and stop trying to make sense of it. And remember that for all things to make sense, one must, need, one must uh, have a sense of confusion before we understand that. And I think if we gave ourselves permission to do that, um, it made me realize how often I feel confused. Mm. <laughs> I think that was the best thing I got out of it is that they said, um, confusion precedes knowing. Oh, my God. It's so bloody obvious. Of course you're going to be confused before you know what you're doing. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was just stating the obvious. But all of a sudden I was like, oh, <laughs> so confusion serves a purpose. Right. <laughs> all righty then. <laughs> I tell you something that was quite extraordinary that occurred is, I told Taylor nothing about it, told Taylor nothing, except that I was studying the power of language and how we communicate. And and anyway, I went into Taylor and one night did my homework with her and I said, all right, what's something you've got a problem with? And she said, oh, and she said, look, maybe with the boy that I'm seeing. And I said, and how's that a problem for you? And she said, I don't know, he just does things and he says things and I say things and it's just like that. And then I kept saying, and how is that a problem for you? Oh. And she'd go, well, you know, like maybe it's just sometimes I get a bit frightened. But I said, so how is that a problem? She goes, I don't know. And then I said, what do you think is the root cause of that? And she, and she said the word. She said, I think I'm fearful. And I said, all right, well, if we work on the word fear and then there's a the thing, without going into too much detail and, and freaking listeners out, there's a timeline therapy that you can do and going back to either before Birth, um, whether it was a neutro or after birth, um, when did you feel the time before that feeling ever occurred? And for whatever reason, we don't need to understand it right now, but for whatever reason, Taylor just turned around with her eyes closed when she looked at her timeline, and she said, "It's the and these are her exact words: It was the last, uh, second to last week of the first trimester." So then we went through it, and we looked at fear, and we did this whole process, and we came out the other side. It only took about maybe five, ten minutes. And then when we finished, I said, how do you feel? And she said, I feel amazing. And I thought, wow, that was quick and easy. And then I sat there and I thought, I wonder what happened in the 11th week of the first trimester that I was pregnant with Taylor to have her have a sense of fear or even say that. And I'm not kidding, Kaz. I looked at her and I just, didn't I, Cindy? I just, I was just like, oh my gosh, in the 11th week of the first trimester with Taylor, the two rubbish bins, which were very heavy, were sitting at our front door, ready to be taken up to the driveway. And Danny was going off to work. And I put my hand in the bin and he said, leave them there. I'll do it when I get home. And I remember distinctly saying to him, I'm pregnant, not sick. And he said, Kimmy, just leave the bins there. I'll do it when I get home. Well, of course, him saying that, I felt like the need to do it. So he left and I carried the two bins up the long, long driveway that we had. And when I came back, I went to the bathroom and there was blood everywhere, and I screamed. I thought I was losing my baby. I rang Danny. He called an ambulance. I was taken to the hospital, and it turned out that I had um, erupted some blood vessels, and the baby was fine and all that. But, Karen, it was the 11th week of my first trimester,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and I don't know. That kind of made me go, do I have to make sense of this? Isn't that extraordinary? She had no idea. I didn't know about it until I thought about it. And I thought that was amazing. First of all, the impact we can have on our children with our thoughts, our feelings and our experiences, but also how quickly we can clean that up or how we can change the mindset. So I don't know if that's woo-woo or some people listening to this are going, oh my gosh, you've just all lost the plot, you girls. But there is a massive science and behind this. It's not just us talking wacko here. There is a lot of science and behind it, and the founders of this work were psychologists and scientists. So I found that side of it also
1: incredibly interesting. Mm. How oh, yay! Mm. So that was a that was a, a really good week, mm. and I'm I'm off to do a hike. Oh. Yeah, that's. um, I haven't done it yet, so maybe we can talk about it on another one. But I'm off to do a multi day hike, um, taking everything on my back. Yeah, so it's six days and five nights with a couple of friends. Is that with Kirsty? Kirsty, Helen Patteron, and their friends. So I only know those two. Um, And I have met Laura, another girl, but I've only just met her briefly. So yeah, there's seven of us doing a multi day hike. So I'm looking forward to. Doing that so there's, there's my unbelievable true meditation and just I think the thought of taking everything with you for six days and that, you know that's accommodation, food, clothes on your back through rugged Victorian mountains and there's still snow there. Um, the day the day we start or the day we arrive, um, I've looked at the long way range of weather forecast. It's minus five degrees. Holy dooly. Yeah, but I think that's a freaking weather because it is getting into summer. And um, But as my brother says, only fools and flatlanders ever predict weather in the mountains. And I'm looking at the two week long forecast uh, to see where, what it's going to look like when I get there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so when we start off though, it's seven degrees. Oh, Cindy. Yeah, so that's good temperature for hiking in, especially with a big pack. Oh. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. We, we, Kirstie and I the other night were just going through um, where we wanted to be each day. So it's a huge hike and we will have to be doing 25 plus K every single day, up, down and down, dale, up steep hills, mountains and down into river crossings. There's one big river crossing that we'll be doing that um, at the moment we've heard it's waist deep. So- I'm taking all my clothes off. I'm not getting wet. I'm only taking one set of clothes. (laughs) Oh, Cindy, there's going to be things in there. Oh, do it. No, it's cold. It'll be freezing cold water. I'll think of Wim Hof. I'll do my breathing, my Wim Hof breaths, and I'll just get across in my undies.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. I hope nothing swims past you or touches you or crawls around you. Oh, I just want to die. (laughs) <laughs> I'm thinking as well. Right. Princess isn't coming with me. <laughs> I'm I'm thinking of that mud bath Kimmy in, <laughs> in fiji Oh my goodness, It had all the big long reeds that were just like crawlies. So wrong. So so wrong. I'll never do that to you again, my darling <laughs> friend. I never will either. Cindy will want it, but you won't. Um Darling Karen, what have you been up to, sweet Pete? Yeah. Oh, gosh, I don't think I've actually been up to terribly much and it feels quite fabulous. Um, Gosh, what have I been doing? So I've been doing lots of writing. I've taken on two really huge big ghostwriting um, contracts, which is just so much fun. Um, And really it's been pushing me outside of my comfort zone completely, which is great because I'm at a point where I really feel like I want to really develop the creative side of myself spirit hive um is spirit hive is um firing on all fours, and even that is pushing me outside my comfort zone. I tell you, you take on something that big and um you know make it all about helping people to help people, which is you know my job as the leader of it, is to bring people on so that they have access to lots of people that they can help. Um, that in and of itself is an enormous challenge because you're dealing with people who are very passionate, um, doing certain jobs and developing their skills. So it's, it's you know, it's, it's huge. It's really, really big. But we have a lot of families now. We're up to about 60, 70 families that are coming to Spirit Hive each month. Um, and we've got about 30-odd kids in the programs now. Our Speak Up and Engage podcast is up to 2,500 downloads a week, which is really, really exciting considering it's brand new. Wow, that's really good. Oh, I know, and the kids are doing so well with it. They really are. We just scored another government grant, so we picked up a government grant to um, do a, series on cyberbullying, which starts now and completes at the end of December. And then we've just scored another government grant through the Sunshine Coast Council, which is all about um, creating a youth advisory committee and then an online youth um, leadership program. So that's really, really cool. And then, of course, I've got to recruit people in for that. We've also been pitching to some major corporate organisations, a program that I developed Um, called Vital Minds and it's for organisations who have staff and it's like a performance check-in. So a lot of companies have staff that they hire to do certain jobs but, you know, these people take days off, they take time off because they might be depressed, they might have anxiety, their boss might piss them off, something might go wrong and then, of course, it affects them mentally, physically and emotionally. So the program that we offer is um, leadership coaching Obviously, that comes from myself and some of the other really senior psychologists that work in our team. And so we've got leadership coaching and executive coaching for the higher levels. And then we have, um, it's like an employee assistance program where we check in with the employees every three months. And we don't talk to them about their job necessarily, but we talk to them about um, how they are coping physically, mentally and emotionally. And support them along those lines. And then um yeah, and so we've been doing some really big pictures with that. We've got some amazing successes coming through. And the biggest success that we've got coming through is interestingly enough in the real estate industry. And um what blew Back me to away where it all began for you. Hey? Back to where it began for you in many ways. All that work you used to do for Wren. Yeah, no, look I know. And I it's it, it's it's kind of really surprised me and what really blew me away was that more real estate agents commit suicide than police officers do because the real estate industry is is so volatile and, uh, you know, there's just an enormous amount of stress, particularly, you know, there's a lot of ego in real estate, there's a lot of competition in real estate, um, there's a lot of um, uh, perception in real estate as to, you know, I'm better than you are and because I'm so good in this particular area, that's why you should list with me. You know, there's that that ethos inside of real estate, which is starting to change, by the way. But, um, yeah, it was an interesting statistic to see that more real estate agents commit suicide than police officers. So I'm not surprised, I'm not the least bit surprised, that we've had the most success with real estate businesses, but we're branching it out now and it's all just about time. But we're branching it out now into um, small business and small to medium enterprises, and just offering it as a as a service. We get retained on a monthly basis to provide that service, um, and it's a way for staff to not leave companies. It's a way it's a, it's a retention and a productivity strategy. Yeah, so it's all very exciting. You're phenomenal. I just love the way you constantly aspire to bigger and greater things for the greater good of, of all. You're just truly, you're such a remarkable soul. It's, And then you, Cindy, writing these books for, for the great, honestly, it's so beautiful. And I bet our community are all doing amazing things on their in their own way and creating change and things. But I just want to ask you how you manage it all. How are you both going health-wise? How are you both looking after yourselves while you're changing the world and trailblazing and heading to being Prime Minister and Minister for Health and Sustainability?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, so I'll be on there. Thank you. I'll take that portfolio on. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, somebody said, um, some of my swimmers said, Oh, was for Prime Minister and so then that set mm. me off and I went. Okay, so if I was Prime Minister, this is what I would do. And it was like the till of the hum, you know. I'd wipe out all processed foods. I went on and on and on and on. It was hilarious. I'd get rid of glyphosate and just, <laughs> oh, yes, it was, they all looked at me. And I kept coming up with these ideas because I was in flow and i just go, and I'd do this, and I'd do that. And then I'd wipe out taxation and and do the, I think it's, is it, Four percent debit tax on every money that all money that's moved in and out of bank accounts. You know, yes. Um, I don't know how we got onto that, but yes. So, Cindy, (laughs) Prime Minister, but it was it was a lot of fun just saying. Yeah, I, I I just think sometimes when we're in crisis, we need to be bold with making change. So if, if you're not in crisis, you can kind of just move along and do your own thing and, you know, everything's going crazy. But the minute you hit crisis in your, your body, your health, you have, to, you have to make major change. And I sometimes think that we are in major health crisis in Australia as well as major financial crisis as well as major political crisis as well as major toxic crisis. And... Um, I think it's time for somebody brave to come out and and make some bold moves. Oh, pff, that's me. But then I, you know, you wouldn't take me on because I'd be just like a Taliban. I'm just yes. Anyway, I don't know how we got on to me being prime minister, but <laughs> um, you were saying, Kim?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was just questioning how you're both going um, health wise and how you're both looking after yourself and. I don't know if Karen's going to admit to what she's eating lately, but I'm just...
1: That's why we're we asking this question because we've uh-huh. had to look after ourselves, but Karen, yes. Oh, Kimmy. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> um,
0: there's something to say. There's something to say and I feel like I'm such a traitor. <laughs> I have been exhausted and I have... Put the brakes on a lot of my mental work, and I am really just keeping the balls in the air without putting too much energy into putting new balls in there. So, um, because I really can feel myself completely depleted, and my tank is empty. So, I'm busting for a holiday over Christmas. But um, the tank is definitely empty. And what's really, really interesting, here it comes. The other day I felt the need to have a boiled egg and I would have killed somebody if they had stopped me (laughs) if they'd tried to take the egg off me. So I threw an egg in the boiling pot and let the thing boil for a good 25 minutes and, you know, I needed to make sure that it was well and truly cooked, could not have anything slimy. And then I ate the egg and I wasn't offended. And it's probably the first egg that I've really eaten in 30 years. So what's really interesting since then, it's been about a week, I have had two boiled eggs every single morning. Every single morning. And heaven help anybody who tells me I can't have one because I think I would just tear their eyes out. And it's the funniest thing. Wow. I said to Matt the other day, I said, oh, my goodness, we've only got four eggs left. We've only got four eggs left. <laughs> wow. Do you think, Cindy, that's her body screaming for that? Like is there something that's occurred for Karen around this? Like from your position, what does that look like? What does this mean, Cindy? I've been
1: meaning to ask you the whole time. Sometimes the body tells you exactly what it needs. I, I remember being vegetarian for sixteen years and having a craving for sausage. Mine wasn't eggs; mine was sausage. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember it being—it's such a a thing that I was walking past a shop and I'd see it and I'd I'd walk away going, "No, you're a vegetarian." And then I'd go back and look at it and I'd walk away and I'd go back and in the, in the end, I I I had to go in, get it, eat it. And I must admit, I started to feel more energetic and about 10 days later I found out I was pregnant with my first child. Now, it wasn't that sausage that made oh
0: me. Oh, dear. <laughs> 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 but it was. Moving yes. on. Right, right,
1: right, But what it's I like think. Like a good sausage, was, sausage with an egg, <laughs> eh? Oh sausage daddy. and an egg. But what I think <laughs> it was it doing is. was saying, hey, you need to do something if you want a healthy child. And I think, you know, like I don't, you've been a vegan for a long time and you may be depleted of some nutrients and the and you eat really well. It's not like you eat McDonald's and your body's screaming out for McDonald's. You don't do that. No. You eat really well and it, and it could be just saying, hey, you know, we've, you're really pushing the barrel at the moment and I'm sorry, but we're going to need some nutrients and it pushes you towards a food. But what I love Karen is uh-huh. the comment that you made when you your, um Matt asked you whether you were going to the vegan festival. Oh, I couldn't go because I felt like I was
0: such a traitor. I felt like I'd completely betrayed my vegan family. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but let, let's just look at it. Let's, a minute. Minute. let's <laughs> a So I have chickens. Yes. They are so happy. And they give me an egg every single morning. They don't brood on them. Um, they just give me these eggs every morning. And you should hear them when they're laying the eggs. You, oh, can, you know exactly that someone's laying an egg because they do this clucking. Uh, it's like this really happy clink It's like, what? I can't even do it. I'm going to video, I'm going to tape it for you guys. Oh, would you? Because it is the cutest sound as they're doing. I go, oh, there goes another one. Another one's delivering. <laughs> and then you collect their eggs, they have clean nests, and they get to do it for you again. And they live amazing lives. Now, I wouldn't buy chicken, eggs um, from just anyone. And no. I don't buy, I, I have my own. But I'm very, very, I want to know that those chickens are being looked after because happy chickens make happy eggs, which means that those eggs are probably full of good nutrition, no chemicals, nothing like that. So, yeah, that's that's what I have to say about eggs.
0: (laughs) Amazing. And, Kaz, just tell us from a psychological point of view. How's one feeling? Well, one, you know. One really, you know, the thought of eating an egg has been quite offensive to one for quite a serious amount of time. Mm-hmm. So, as one eats the egg, what's interesting is the need for the egg seems to outweigh the disgust mm-hmm. that one has for the egg. <laughs> amazing, amazing. I know, I just, it, it's not even an option. And mm-hmm. Matt thinks it's hilarious.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He thinks it's hilarious. He says the person, he said the family that eats eggs together stays together because now yeah. I'm making eggs first thing in the morning because I have to have them. And he's like, oh, are we having breakfast this morning? I'm like, absolutely. Get out of my way. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, hey, darling girls, I know I know. we have, I think we're almost at time. Yeah. But I was just thinking from our listeners' perspective, how could we give, what's, what's our two top health tips? that we would encourage people from all the things we've been learning around electromagnetic radiation, around all the topics, all the interviews, why don't we each give two top tips around how we've integrated some of the things that we've learnt over the last few weeks, maybe even months, into our own lives, if there's anything new that you'd like to add.
1: Go for it, Cindy. Oh, wow. Well, I'm I'm pretty boring. I just do the same thing. So mine's grounding, um, going barefoot as much as possible. Um, and understanding the unconscious and the conscious mind, and being very aware of uh, how the unconscious mind um, drives you, unless you really click into it and say, "Hang on, that's not that's not what I'm going to do." So, I, I probably my new one is really, really catching my unconscious mind thinking and doing things that it shouldn't. You know, like doubting. Um, or judging, but we all judge, don't we? But, you know, things like that. So I would say my old one is grounding, my new one is really catching my unconscious mind. Nice. What's hmm. your awesome, Kimmy? I think
0: I have been reading a lot lately. I have, um, I don't know, I've just seemed to, because I I've made a decision to put my house on the market and all of a sudden time seems really like I'm really being precious with my time. So I'm writing down every day all the things I've got to get done because as we learned in NLP that when someone says they're really busy and they're overwhelmed, it's usually seven things plus or minus two. So I really took that on board and it really is that there's not more than five or seven things on my plate really. So I've really taken that into account. So I'm writing down everything I need to do and I am nailing so many things. And I've read three books this month.
1: Wow. Yay
0: yeah, I just haven't done that because I've not found time. But since I've not been wasting my time, I've made more time. Does that make sense? (laughs) So So beautiful. Yeah. So I'm really enjoying that. I've been doing a lot of travel and people always say to me, how do you cope with all the travel? I think it's because I take my own food. I've also really probably taken on not eating a lot of food, which I'm not saying that to be unhealthy. I just realized I think we overeat is my thing because I did the four-phase fat elimination protocol when I got back from France and just find that fasting from 6 or 7 p.m. at night through till 10 or 11 in the morning is really working for me energy-wise. So I've been trying that on for a while and, of course, um, you know, doing my meditation, making sure that I turn my Wi-Fi off and trying to really be mindful of all the things I'm saying, thinking, feeling and doing. And I feel I've got more energy than before. So I, I don't know, I feel great. Oh, that's so fabulous. Good yeah. for you. Yeah. And what about you, gorgeous girl? Um, for me, I am apart from eating eggs. Yes. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> I don't know that there's anything more to say. <laughs> no, I'm being very gentle with myself. Um and I'm being very kind to myself and really, you know, having a really good look at my life and how I think parts of my life and parts of my personality, and I said this to um, an Ayurvedic doctor, he said to me, do you think that your personality exhausts you? (laughs) And I think, yes, I think that's what it's been. (laughs) And I think that I've kind of done this to myself for a very, very long time and I've always had the desire and the energy to maintain it. But, You know, I'm reaching a different, or I feel like I'm going into a different phase Mm. of my life where, um, you know, I I might like to make new choices. I don't know, and I don't know really what that's going to look like, but I'm just allowing myself to be with that rather than keeping myself trapped in an old habit and an old habitual way of being and doing things and um, hustling and being busy all the time. So I'm really allowing myself to. I mean, I'm definitely busy, but I'm doing more creative things.
1: And eating eggs.
0: And eating eggs. <coughs> amazing. I think you're all extraordinary, and I just think it's such a gift to to watch the work that we're doing. But also, I'm getting really excited. I have to say, girls, about our trip next year because we're coming. Now that I've seen all the Christmas things out, I'm really excited about that. And I have been asked by a whole lot of people while I've been on the road, what's our next trip? So I think one of these podcasts coming up before Christmas, we need to announce what we're doing in 2022. Oh, okay. Sounds like fun. 2021 or 2022? Uh, 2021. Yeah, we're oh, okay. not missing, are
1: we? We're not missing one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And I just want to say thank you to all our beautiful listeners and the messages we get on behalf of the three of us. We absolutely adore you. We feel so privileged that you tune in each week. I feel so humbled about you girls, but whenever people say, you know, they've met us or they hear us or, you know, we've been going nearly seven years and... Oh my goodness, yeah. Isn't that extraordinary? And to think some people still tell us to this day how this podcast has either shaped, formed, or helped them change their lives. And just three chicks having a beautiful conversation who absolutely adore each other and really revere one another for the skills and genius that we each walk in. And I think that's the power of friendship and the power of connection and tuning in each week to something that's familiar. And I just, on behalf of all our listeners, I'm saying thank you to you, darlings, and to the three of us for making this a priority each week. I think it's, it's a beautiful thing for me as much as anything else. So thank you, beautiful girls. Oh, you beautiful soul, Kim. Yeah. What a lovely thing yeah. to say to the our
1: audience. Yes, yes I mean. Definitely. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, you guys, thanks for tuning in and for having your coffee with us and for sitting and having a chat and a up. It's actually been quite fun. And if the truth is to be told, I honestly think we probably could go for another hour or three. <laughs> but we won't. Well, we did um, go an hour before it. We did. We did. We, we did do that. We thought that we would just jump straight on and do a podcast show, but no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> but for all of our listeners, jump on over to our Facebook page at allthew.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat where you can post your questions and your comments there. And also, you know what? We would love to hear if there are any topics that you'd like us to have a chat about. Um, Don't feel like you're not a part of this show. You're absolutely everything and you are the reason we do it. So get involved and tell us what you'd like to talk about with us. Send us a private message on the Facebook page or you can just post straight onto the page and we will get it and um, send you a message straight back. You can also head on over to allthew.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash up for a chat. And most importantly, make sure that you go on over to iTunes, give us a five-star rating and tune in here next week right here on Up For A Chat, where you get to become part of the ripple effect. It's changing the world. We're going to see you on the ride. Bye for now, everybody. This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash The Wellness Couch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.